This program is sponsored by the Patriot Trading Group. Just about it's like almost seventeen sixty on silver. 
another, I'd be buying silver here as well. Uh, silver, though, continuing to struggle uh, to get above that 1825 level. Uh, but that's really what's moving Tesla. Tesla is the big winner. You know, after hours yesterday, we got earnings from Google. They were bad. I mean, they missed. They, they missed on sales. They missed on revenue. Facebook, same thing. Facebook missed. Uh, and, and you thought, okay, that's not going to be a great sign, but uh, it's all about Tesla. Tesla up uh, $190, $195. it has been as high as 940 today. To give you a little perspective, Tesla doesn't make any money. Uh, their P-E ratio is a negative 177.68. Uh, yeah, so go go do the math on that. But everybody is uh, saying that you know, the death of crude oil, right? Crude oil is now like tobacco, and nobody's going to be uh, investing in Exxon and Chevron and all these other companies anymore. And uh, for whatever reason, apparently Tesla isn't a car company. That's what they said today, because I was trying to figure it out today. And I want to educate you guys. It's not a car company. Uh, it's a technology company. needs to be treated as such. And in that case, I guess uh, it doesn't ever have to make any money if that's the case. Uh, Tesla now by market cap. I mean, they passed Ford and GM a long time ago. They're almost now the size of Citigroup. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Call it a bubble. Call it rich. But everybody... Everybody says ten years from now, uh, this is this is the future. So so we're seeing uh, the future here is going to be we're all in, in electric cars, and I guess it's going to be the death of crude oil. I don't know. Uh, I, I think that's a little far fetched, but you know that's that's at least what the stock is saying today. Uh, the just news breaking right now. Uh, Larry Kudlow, Larry Kudlow, you know, one of my favorite people, Larry the Liar here. Uh, Larry Kudlow now saying that the coronavirus outbreak is going to delay the phase one uh, trade deal export boom. So uh, you remember yesterday we reported that uh, China was going to ask for a delay. So that's what's going on. I mean, we've had obviously what happened last night in Iowa, uh, people just going nuts. Uh, they 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 still haven't reported a winner. Uh, I think it was Bernie Sanders, but again, uh, who knows? The one I'll tell you who the loser was: uh, Joe Biden, right? The guy that they wanted all along. Uh, but it, but anyway, on that news, I think that helped, right? Because it just shows uh, the Democrats uh, nothing's going their way. Obviously, nothing's going their way. Trump got ninety three or ninety four percent of the votes. I don't know who got the other six or seven percent, but uh, uh, he was. I guess he tweeted out he was the only winner. Uh, so anybody buying precious metals today, that's going to be winning as well. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Pinto Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Joe Jake with Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll get it. I promise you, we'll get it. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed by tomorrow. 
uh, it'll all be back to normal. The, the website, we, we, I got an update there, allamericangold.com. It's down. We'll have it up uh, before uh, the end of the day, hopefully in the next hour or two. Uh, it was an update done by uh, a third-party vendor that we use to uh, – Ramon uses it every day. He goes in, he puts the articles and updates all the news stories, uh, and then that site uploads it for us. Uh, they have an issue. Uh, that they're working through, uh, our tech guys and their tech guys, they're checking it out. So about the time the Iowa caucus winner gets revealed, uh, we'll probably have the site back up. Uh, and, and Ramon already updated me. The engineers over at Salem, uh, they're getting on it. And hopefully uh, before the end of the day, we'll have it fixed again. We had it fixed. We did. We had it fixed. I don't know what happened. Uh, it reverted back, but hopefully tomorrow we'll be back uh, with the with the great sound that you guys are accustomed to. Now, talking about it, so here we have, uh, we got the State of the Union tonight. Uh, part of the reason, I think, for the rally today and, and some profit-taking in gold. You know, the State of the Union, right, that's the feel-good day, right? The president's going to come out. And, and, and they, we brag, you know, brag about all the great things that it, we've done. And then let me tell you about all the new great stuff that we're going to do, right? So, so that's going to be tonight. And of course, we'll see all the partisanship and all that stuff as well, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. What about the market? How healthy are we? Right? What shape is it really? I mean, we know in, in, in historical terms. We've never had to pay more for, for the debt-laden companies uh, that, that comprise our stock market than ever before. There's a great article out, and I'll get to it. We'll break it down today. The baby boomers. Okay, all you boomers out there, think back to when you were in your 30s. Right? Go back. You know, talking about the 80s, right? Ronald Reagan was president, right? We just, Paul Volcker had crushed inflation, right? And the Russians tear down that wall and all that stuff. You know that the P.E. ratio on Wall Street was 6.6. In other words, if a company made a dollar, you would pay, it'd have a stock valuation of $6.60. Now, today, now, I, I don't know what it is with the move today. Obviously, the number is going to be even higher. But actual earnings, not this, oh, well, you know, it's only blah, blah, blah times forward earnings. Forget forward earnings, because right? they never happen. Actual earnings were paying $31. In other words, if the company makes a dollar, you got to pay 31 so it just tells you how frothy uh, this market is. And, we, and we've seen it. You know, we saw it in the late 90s. We're seeing it here again today. But something else. Right? We know China has dumped hundreds of billions of dollars into the market over the last two days. But something that nobody wants to talk about. They want it to go away. They, 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 they want to take it off the front page. Forget about it. It's not quantitative easing. Don't look at what we're doing, 
course, talking about our own central bank. Those repo auctions, they're still running. Now, they, they may not be talked about and people may not be reporting it, but they run and they run every day. Now, today was one of those bigger days. So first you have the daily, right? Now, the daily, this is bank saying, I need cash for today. 64.45 billion dollars. That was a that was a big healthy increase. That was a healthy increase. It started to taper off towards the end of July. Now it's back, right, Boo? And we see this now with the repo market. Uh the, the difference is they kind of like the stock market, the repo market, we get higher highs and higher lows. That's not a good thing. That just means Hey, the longer this drags out, banks need more and more capital. Even even on the days when they don't need as much, it's still more than what they needed a month ago, more than what they needed three months ago. Today was one of those special days. Because not only did we have the daily, we also had... A, another one of these longer-term $30 billion, 28 days. In other words, hey, I need to borrow money. I need money. But I need it for a lot longer than a day. See, and they're trying, and why they're doing these, they do these so the daily number will be smaller. See, they don't want to come out and tell you, banks needed $100 billion. Today, banks needed $120 billion. Banks needed $150 billion. They don't want that. So they have several of these longer-term operations. Today was a $30 billion operation, massively oversubscribed. So not only did they win the whole $30 billion. So think about it. Between the two, they gave banks $94.45 billion, let's just call it $95 billion today in a single day. And you sit there and you think about why is Wall Street so expensive? Why are we paying 31 times? What, what happened to 6.8? And of course, when you think about it, though, you know, look at where we're at. We're at 28,000 and change. Let's just round it up. Hey, we're at 30,000. Okay, we're at 30. But if if we're paying five times more than what we were paying back in the 80s, right? Where's the Dow really? Six? Right? If if we were comparing apples to apples, 6,000? And this is this is why I worry. Because when I look at the amount of, you know, we talk about leverage. Oh, they bought on leverage or they bought on margin. They bought on this, this, this whole thing is leverage, right? And it's leverage how it's leveraged with debt. And now the, the central banks, I don't know how this ends. I mean, the, the, the thought process behind all of this is every month now. So think about it, today was 95 billion, right? Tomorrow, maybe. 50 billion, could be 60 billion, could be 90 again. I don't know. 
But we do all of these things, and they're they're trying all of these tricks. Hey, we'll give you $30 billion for a whole month so you don't have to come every day, right? And they do this. Like I said, I don't even know the total. I think it's somewhere around 120 to $150 billion of longer terms in addition to what they do every day. And then you got to remember – our central bank is buying $60 billion a day worth of treasuries. So, or not a day, I'm sorry, a month. They're adding to the balance sheet. So you think about all the liquidity that they're pumping in there, and, and you kind of get a feel for what's really happening out there, right? You start, you start adding it up, and you're like, hundreds of billions of dollars. I mean, you think about, uh, growth last year for the whole country was about eight hundred billion. Now, it's kind of hard when you say, "But wait a minute, the debt, <laughs> the debt went up one point two trillion. We only grew eight hundred billion. What happened?" And now you start thinking about what our central bank is doing every month. What do they do? Four, five hundred billion. I mean, it, it's a huge amount of money, and and you start thinking about. What what it creates? What does it create? And this is the part that makes it dangerous, right? Because it creates the inability to know what things are worth, and you have it like like today. Think about what the news from China today. And now, yes, they they pumped up uh, a bunch of liquidity, four hundred billion dollars worth, right from them. <laughs> Listen, between China and the U.S., just those two central banks. The amount of liquidity pumped into the markets today has been, it's incredible. And of course, they sit there and they say, oh, don't worry, it's fine. Go, yeah, you don't need to worry about it. But, but you think about it, there's only one other time in all of our history where the central bank had to run these repo operations. Of course, that was the height of the financial crisis. It was a stinking emergency, right? It was... The, the stock market wasn't going to open. Now we have a stock market that's so, so rich. I, you know, I don't want to call it overvalued. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. But, but they're doing these things, and the size and the scope of it is massive. So China and us, liquidity. Macau is close. The casinos, that's, you know, Macau's bigger than Vegas. Closed for the next two weeks. Big article appeared uh, yesterday. This was last night talking about phones, cell phones, and and, and iPhones being uh, a big part of it. That they're saying that there's going to be a major supply crunch because Foxconn's closed. Nobody's making cell phones for Apple right now, and I don't know about all the rest of them. I'm assuming they're all made in China, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, South Korea had to start idling some of their uh, car plants today because they get parts from China and the factories aren't open. And, and all of this news breaking, obviously the, the death tolls and all that are rising. And I don't know, people are talking about, oh, it came from the bats and these wet markets and at the same time, other people are like, hey, listen, this is a man-made virus. I don't know. 
I'm not a scientist. It's beyond my pay grade. Uh, but but when I sit there and I think, and then you know, you look at Google, right? Alphabet, if you will, and you look at their earnings, and you thought, man, it's going to be a tough day on the market. Instead, you turn around and you look, Dow's up 400 points. Wall Street Journal. This is this is how quickly things happen now. A bellwether of the global shipping market hit a new low as the spread of the coronavirus weighs on global trade, the fast-spreading virus. And they talked about the freight. This, these are ships, right? And we've seen them all, right? We know. You go, if you've ever been to Long Beach, California, right, you see all the uh, empty cargo containers, right? By the way, those are not cheap. They're not cheap. We actually looked into one, and uh, we're thinking about we're thinking about putting our transmitter into uh, one of these shipping containers. By the time you buy the container and actually get it delivered, right? You're you're talking. We had bids of up to over ten thousand dollars. I think the cheapest we could get it done for was about sixty five hundred bucks just for one container. So they're not cheap, but the Baltic. Dry index. Okay, so this is this is what they use. They they track the shipping movements. This is all the largest ships that move bulk commodities has gone negative, and they got a chart from 2015 through today. We are at the lowest, and actually by quite a bit. Uh, we did hit. At the at the height of the trade, I guess phase one deal. At the height of where it looked like no deal, we're below that. So the lowest it's been in the first time in, in at least five years that this index has gone negative. And yeah, we got the Dow. We're on a rally today. Try to figure out the world's gone mad. Take the radio news hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. For the last three years now, all we've heard about from Democrats is how much we needed to crack down on foreign interference in our politics. But somehow, as soon as President Trump moved the focus to an investigation into Ukrainian corruption tied to the family of former Vice President Joe Biden... Democrats decided investigating foreign interference wasn't such a good idea. In fact, Democrats think that President Trump asking the Ukrainian president to help crack down on corruption constitutes an impeachable offense. This is obviously a very serious accusation, but Democrats fought tooth and nail to make sure Republicans didn't call as witnesses the whistleblower in the matter or even Hunter Biden. You've got to wonder, what are Democrats so afraid of? Democrats want to avoid full display of their political motivation behind the impeachment proceedings. The common denominator amongst the deep state witnesses against Trump is their disagreement with his America First policies and their disdain for Trump as our commander in chief. Democrats allege that Trump tied military aid to Ukraine to a corruption investigation that may involve the Biden family. In reality, Trump just asked Ukrainian President Zelensky for a favor on behalf of the American people. There was no threat of military aid being cut off, and fighting corruption is what our president should do. 
If the Bidens were not involved in any wrongdoing, then they should have nothing to fear from an inquiry by the Ukrainians. When Joe Biden was vice president, he threatened to withhold $1 billion in aid to the Ukraine unless they fired Viktor Shokin, its top prosecutor. Shokin had been investigating wrongdoing at Burisma Holdings, a natural gas company which paid Biden's son Hunter over $50,000 a month just to serve on its board of directors, despite his lack of experience even. To any average American looking at the facts, there's a much stronger case to be made for a corruption investigation into Burisma and the Bidens than investigations into President Trump. The only way you could reasonably think otherwise would be to stick your head in the sand of the leftist mainstream media. It's our job as citizens to cut through that spin so we can root out real corruption in American politics. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. These culturally relevant commentaries, along with videos, columns, and bulletins, are waiting for you at phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Plus, you can find, follow, and share our work on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. You know, we've said it for years here. You got to be diversified. You, you need to have uh, a diversified portfolio. You got to have gold and silver in there. Uh, obviously, you know the four hundred one k is primarily the the main stock piece. But this is uh, from Eric Peters. He's the uh, chief investment officer at One River Asset Management. Okay, so he's he's a financial advisor type guy. Let's start with what I'd tell a 25-year-old not to not do with investment capital. He had been asked how our youth should invest for the next 10 to 15 years. Okay, so next 10 to 15 years, we're looking 2030, 2035. I'd tell them not to blindly follow their parents and grandparents as they pay even higher multiples for a shrinking pool of equity assets. In 1982, when baby boomers were coming of age, They paid 6.6 times the Schiller price-to-earnings ratio for the S&P 500. By 1990, so eight years later, when the median boomer turned 35, they had bid the Schiller P.E. to 16.5 times, right? So think about what happened. Well, it's the uh, company's got rid of pension. Right? Everybody had to, to get a 401k. 
And kind of like everybody needs to go to college, right? Everybody needs to be more educated. Well, what happened to the price, right? It, it, it got insanely high. Same thing happened. That year, by the way, 1990, boomers owned 33% of all U.S. real estate assets by value. Okay, so, you know, that that seems about right. You know, you're, you're in your 30s, and, and I guess maybe some of the boomers were in their early 40s to late 20s, right? And they own a third of all the real estate in 1990, 30 years later, the median millennial now is 31 years old. So just four years difference. You know how much real estate assets they own? Obviously not 33%, not 25%, not 20%. Not 10%, not even 5 4%. What is wrong with this picture? 31 years old. The average millennial. They only own 4% of U.S. real estate assets. If you scrape together a few bucks after paying down your student loans, then you've got to pay 31.3 times the Schiller PE multiple to buy the S&P 500. Now, believe it or not, that's only the second highest on record. Uh, just, just for clarity, uh, the high was still the dot-com, and we're not there yet. Uh, we're, we're, looks like about, let me just blow this up here, because it's a, another graph I'm looking at here. I probably should have done that sooner. Uh, it was above 40. So we still got about another 10 uh, PE points to go. I don't know what today, today today's move probably, uh, now we've probably got another eight or so points to go, but we're real, real, real close. To win a game, play to your strengths, he went on to say. Exploit your opponent's weaknesses. As people age, their creativity slips away. Their imagination withers, right? And their risk appetite fades. Their ambitions dwindles. The drive slides. It's kind of like a low-T commercial. And as it leaves them incapable of reimagining a world, let alone building that future. And part of what I think he's trying to say is, yeah, we get complacent. And I think this is what's happening right now. Uh, a lot of people that are heavily into the stock market, well, really, for most people, that's all they have. I've got my house, maybe, right? Maybe if I'm a boomer, right? And most boomers that I know don't even have their house paid for. But they, they, they're, you know, the mortgage is affordable, but it's not paid for. And then they've got a, a 401k. That's it. That's all they've got. And people were talking about a study where if you had a hundred thousand and you're married, you and your wife, you got a hundred thousand dollars saved up. You know what that equates to in retirement? Less than five hundred bucks a month. Less than five hundred dollars a month. 
They said that the baby boomers, the wealthiest cohorts in all of human history, they have shifted the game's rule to entrench their interests which was both limited competition for their companies and artificially shrunk the pool of investable equity assets. Well, and again, right, it makes sense. They're trying to protect us. Why do you think, you know, I talked about, and it started off the show with, this morning our central bank pumped in almost $100 billion into our banks. But there's not an emergency. Why would we do that? Well, because they want to protect, right? They want to protect the interest. They don't want you to know, hey, maybe the real price of Wall Street, maybe it's 20000 maybe it's ten. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But what would have happened? Have you ever asked yourself, what would have happened if they didn't do it today? Where would it be? They say there's too much capital in the world today relative to, to too few equity assets, at least ones you want to buy, right? You look at all the buybacks and all that stuff. 25-year-olds should not pay 31.3 times to buy their grandparents' equity. They should play to their strengths and fight to build new companies that on the seat established ones. So there you go, right? Simple. I love these guys, right? They're the best, right? Yes. You know what you should do is run your own. Everybody be a manager. I'm going to run my own company. That's great. For every one Elon Musk, there's a million other people. Not everybody can create the the next uh, car company or the next uh, renewable energy company or the next whatever it may be, right? Uh, pharmaceutical company that's just not realistic and the guy sitting there saying hey don't be buying these equities and yet that's what he does for a living it kind of tells you all you need to know about where we're at today Patriot Radio News Hour we'll be back after the break 800-951-0592 Patriot Radio News Hour uh, Joe Jaquin here. Gold profit taken today down twenty four dollars at fifteen fifty three. Yesterday we ran twenty dollar liberties. They were fifteen fifty. Or I'm sorry, sixteen fifty. Gotta keep doing that. Sixteen fifty. And if you bought ten or more, sixteen forty. No, gold's down twenty four dollars. So let's do it again. But instead of 1650, 1625, by 10 or more, 1615. Uh, I believe, I believe that is the lowest price of the year uh, at 800 951 Buy this pullback, classic profit taking, right? We, we had. The big down day on, on Friday on the Dow. Uh, we've got the rally back here Monday, Tuesday. Of course, tonight is uh, the president's State of the Union. So it kind of makes sense, right? It was a, it's, a, it's a good day to sell off the gold markets, knowing that the president's going to 
tell you all this great things and all the great things they're going to do and so on and so forth. Just a great day to buy. U.S. $20 Liberty, $16.25, 10 or more, $16.15. That is the lowest price of the year uh, in U.S. Silver Eagles. Let me get you a price here on on Silver Eagles. Uh, I, I apologize. I should have been ready for this. Uh, 420 a roll. So if you want to add some silver to it, uh, 420 a roll on U.S. Silver Eagles. And that may not be the lowest of the year. Pretty close. Pretty close uh, to the lowest price of the year on U.S. Silver Eagles as well. So you got uh, a couple of options, right? U.S. 20s, uh, 16 and a quarter, 10 or more, 16, 15. Uh, just great pricing on that. And then uh, rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles today uh, at $420 a roll at 800 nine five one zero five nine two and i don't need to remind you when you do business with us that's what keeps us here that's what keeps us on the air that's what allows us uh to to do these shows day in day out and get all those things uh done to get the news to you we've been doing it 24 years now 800 uh the the Dow's now up almost 500 points, by the way. Big article now. Apparently, somebody listens to my show. Market Watch. In a bid to support the stock market amid the coronavirus outbreak, China has, recut, has cut the reverse repo rates, injected mass liquidity into the markets. Uh, they said none of this is something that actually did help. China's market did rebound uh, today. It has definitely help lift the U.S. stock market. Uh, not only are the Chinese investing, but the, U- the U.S. Central Bank is doing the same thing, and now there's talk of U.S. rate cuts on top of it. And again, I don't know where it all ends. At, at, at a certain point, uh, how much liquidity, eventually you get the diminishing return. Right? Look at the deficit. We spent 1.2 trillion, 1.3 trillion more than we took in, even with rates this low. Right? Think about if rates were three, four, or five percent. That 1.2, 1.3 trillion would be three trillion, four trillion. I mean, that's how every. I think every point of interest. Maybe I'm getting a little carried away with that number. I think every one point in interest rate equals $250 billion. So if we were at 3%, right, you would a Fed funds rate of 3%, we would have added half a trillion. 4% add another $750 billion. You see how big it could have been. Uh, and we only got $800 billion worth of growth. And I think we're, we're, we're setting ourselves up for the same type of trap here on Wall Street where it's just going to take more and more and more money to just continue to, to try to stay where we are. But it's fascinating as they're uh, showing these charts on Market Watch of the liquidity that's been pumped into the market by the central banks of the world. And now China is on steroids on top of it because of the coronavirus. I mean, it's just everywhere. 
And, and I guess at a certain point, right, what happens? What happens when it's everywhere? Uh, then eventually it's not worth anything, right? I mean, that's, that's economics 101, uh, supply and demand. And look at it. Look at the demand for debt. It's not there. And no one wants our treasuries. I mean, they buy them because they got to buy other stuff. But I mean, and I guess it's better than buying some of these other nation spots, but no one really wants it. I mean, even today, that was up 400, almost 500 points. The 10-year note's at 1.6, right? I guess it's better than the 153 it was at yesterday. But nobody wants it. But this is why all these central banks have been buying gold. This is why everybody and their brothers like, Seventeen, eighteen, nineteen hundred dollar gold, and and of course, if you want to, you know, do the Tesla thing, or do the uh, do the uh, Peter's thing in the next ten to fifteen years. Where do you think gold's going to be? I mean, really? I mean, the debt's going to double in the next ten to fifteen years. Right? So we'll be at what? Let's call it fifty trillion. <laughs> How big are the repos going to be every day? How big is the Fed balance sheet going to be? 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. Final segment coming up. Final final segment here on this Tuesday. Uh, I apologize uh, for the technical difficulties. We are working on it. Uh, During the break, I was running some tests with Salem. Uh, We're still not quite there yet. Uh, All-American gold, uh, we are down, kind of like the Iowa caucus, right? We're down. We're working on that. Uh, Not our issue. Uh, Somebody did an upgrade in in, uh, one of our, I'll call them one of our third-party vendors that we use to to update our site. Uh, We're working on that. It should be up uh, sometime today. Uh, Sometime today, allamericangold.com will be back up. In the meantime, I guess you'll have to do business the old-fashioned way and call us uh, U.S. $20 Liberties, 1 through 9, 16, 25, 10 or more at $1,615. Uh, rolls of U.S. Silver Eagles at $420 a roll at 800 951 That is the toll-free number when the site gets back up. I'll I'll have those specials uh, up on the site if it's up uh, before uh, I leave for the day. The Dow, again, up 482 points. Tesla leads the way. Tesla's not an automobile company. It's a technology company. Uh, Now it's worth almost as much as Citigroup. Uh, And, again, I I agree. Should we – now, they have a negative – P.E. ratio because they don't make money, but it's negative 177. Uh, so do you want to pay uh, 177 times uh, uh, what the company makes? Probably not. But then again, when you have all of the liquidity being provided by these central banks, this is what happens. I mean, it really does. And you start thinking about what they're fighting. Dry, all, dry bulk uh, index, the shipping index. The first time it's been negative, in, and now this chart really went to 2015. My guess is it's probably the first time it's been negative 
in over 10 years, right? That's the, the shipping container, right? We know about retail and all the bankruptcies there. By the way, a bunch more again today. Uh, didn't even get to them, won't get to them. You know, you can see it for yourselves. Farm bankruptcies uh, up 20% year over year. Uh, the, we have oil well bankruptcy, the oil patch, right? We talked about that yesterday. Uh, bankruptcies up 20% in, in the oil patch uh, industry. And, and, and you're just kind of seeing, did, is the fourth quarter consumer is that what we're going to see? Because that was that was more in line, right? Consumers, uh, they were growing, they were spending, but about 1.8% more. That seems logical to me. If that's going to be the new trend, uh, how much is Boeing going to affect uh, growth in the future? I mean, we saw the manufacturing data yesterday uh, almost in disbelief, right? How could you have our largest manufacturer by far, Boeing, uh, shut down pretty much, not totally, but they shut down pretty much shut down and still say that manufacturing rebounded in the month. But th- these are the things that we're worried about. Obviously, the big jump in repos uh, all of a sudden again, real uh, it's his head sticking back out again. How bad is the liquidity problem? And what is, what is the central bank going to have to do about it? Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully everything will be back up and working tomorrow. Take care. God bless. Have a great day. Put away some gold. Keep us on the air. This program was sponsored by the Patriot Trading Group.